Alpha, you know what I need. Teenagers with attitude. That's correct, Alpha. Teenagers with attitude. What's up, bro? Welcome to Teenagers with Attitude, the show where a bunch of grown adults sit around and talk about teenagers in tightly colored clothing fighting monsters. And finally, finally, a gold monster has destroyed some uh, some Megazords, but right? it's the wrong one. It's not. It's not Goldar. I'm sorry. I got excited too, but it's no. not. <laughs> um. So, uh, this week. I am Zach. Oh, I'm Zach. I'm always Zach, but this week I'm also Zach. I mean, sometimes you uh, might be someone else, right? Just do a little role playing here and there. <laughs> I mean, true. That probably won't happen on this podcast, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, but joining me this week, we've got Mike. Hello. I we've- I had something oh. I was going to say, but I forgot. I mean, isn't that a perfect encapsulation of this show, really? <laughs> Because the yeah. fucking Power Rangers writers can't remember anything either. Yeah. Uh, we've got Emily. Hi. Hello. I'm really happy to be here because I started a new job recently. I wasn't sure I was going to be off today, so. Nice. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. It worked out this time. And mm-hmm. we've got Cassidy. Hey. What's up, y'all? What's up? Hey, Cassidy. It's what's up? It's good to have you back. I'm not going to mm-hmm. ask you the it's question I back. normally... I'm normally asked because I'm pretty sure the answer is no. That sounds seems rude. Is yes, it real? Okay, okay yes, hold on. Yes, I right, did get me... a new tattoo. You got a new tattoo. Okay, is it Power Rangers it? themed. No, why would it be Power Rangers themed? <laughs> oh, no reason. <laughs> because wait, 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 wait! Are you a tattooed teenage alien fighter from Beverly Hills? <laughs> well, I'm not from Beverly Hills, so mark that down. <laughs> I'm also not a teenager anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. What is your new tattoo? I want to know about it. Uh, it's a bunch of purple roses. That's cool. Very neat. It's not actually finished yet. A, that's, you know, you did you get just like get the outline done? Or? I got the outline and half the coloring in done. Nice. Very cool. I had a uh, tattoo appointment scheduled and then COVID happened. <laughs> so, Damn, that sucks. Yeah. Well... Yes, but also I guess I'm kind of glad that I didn't start like half an outline and then it Oof, happened. Yeah. <laughs> so 
But that's cool. Congratulations. I hope you get to have the rest of it filled in soon. Thank you. So this week, we don't really have any. uh, Hold on. Uh, we don't really have any turbor more fact zeominimal. We don't have any news. <laughs> uh, but turbor turbor fact news zeominimal. I think that's basically what I said. I think so. I heard that. <laughs> but what we do have this week is the final installment of the Car Ranger Garage. Pit stop at the Car Ranger Garage. Uh, because this is a two... We're going to be talking about a two-parter um, that transitions into the next season. And the th- it it is based on the three-part finale. Or th- at least this episode is based on the three-part finale of uh, Car Ranger. Yeah, and, very loosely and, based. <laughs> Emily going to tell us about it. Oh, yeah, okay, so um, it begins with, the episode begins with Dapu having a prophetic dream where the car constellations the car rangers derive their car magic from seems to be in danger. He wakes up and takes the car, talks to the car rangers about the dream, but they dismiss it and appear carefree. In reality, they've been sneaking out to train as Dapu discovers when he spies on them, but he's still concerned about his dream. Back with the Bozok, Exhaust gives them an upgraded version of the mech we knew as the Terrorzord in Turbo, with cockpits for Gynamo, Zelmoda, and Garage, like all three of them, okay. and okay. sends them to attack, which weirdly wasn't in this at all, but they just, because I thought that'd be kind of cool, they brought the Terrorzord back, but... I was going to say, that's wild, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. um, however, Exhaust's true plan is for the Bozok merely to draw the Car Rangers out as, and please bear with me... Every one million years, the wine barrel constellation bursts forth and spills its wine, which reaches the guardian constellations of the car constellations, making them drunk. And then the car <laughs> constellations are vulnerable. Uh, okay, so, so, so the cars get drunk. No, the and cars then... don't get drunk. There's, 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 there's four. I think there's four or five guardian constellations which are just people like they look like greek warriors okay and that's where the car powers come from no they come from the car constellations which are cars the the warrior constellations are guarding the car constellations oh so while they're drunk the car constellations are vulnerable Okay, yeah, exactly. It totally makes I, sense. <laughs> that makes sense. I was Space hoping wine. you were telling me that the cars get drunk. I'm upset that doesn't happen, but yeah, it's, fine. it's it's a little bit of a shame. So, anyway, the Bozok go to Earth and are pretty handedly defeated by the Car Rangers, um, even with their upgraded mech, and the the fight goes to foot. Ichitaro, the son of the owner of the Pegasus Garage, where the Car Rangers work in their civilian identities, has been a supporting cast member throughout the whole show, and he's witnessing the fight and begins drawing the Car Rangers in a sketchbook. This is important. Meanwhile, okay. the wine barrel constellation bursts, and after the car constellations become vulnerable, exhaust sucks them into his body, cutting the car rangers off from their power source. And then now back on Earth, they change back to civilians, and Ichitaro witnesses this, seeing that they were his friends all along. Because remember, they didn't like have they had secret identities in this. Right, okay. So Ichitaro's like, whoa, it's you know, there's Kiyosuke's um cha- uh Oni Chan, there's, you know, Natsumi One Chan kind of thing, right? Um, okay. Uh, 
The Bozok also discover that they are ordinary citizens now and attack them. Unlike the Power Rangers, they aren't very good at fighting untransformed and retreat. Back okay. at the back at the Car Ranger base, uh, within the Pegasus garage, Dapu learns of the wine constellation and what happened and what his dream was about. The Car Rangers make it back to the base, but are followed, and after being beaten back, are cornered with bombs quickly planted everywhere in the base on a timer. While this is happening, Ichitaro went to seek Signal Man for help, and they both witnessed the garage explode. Oh, no. And that's the end of the first episode. Okay. Oh, damn. In the second episode, Signal Man and Ichitaro fear the Rangers are dead, but luckily VRV Master rescued them as he made a bunker in the base the last time he was there. Sure, as you do. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this has happened multiple times to... Wait. I'm getting my shows mixed up. Never mind, <laughs> keep is, going. This is kind of like... But yeah, anyways, back at the Bozok base, the Bozok return to see their base filled with garbage. They demand that Exhaust explain what is going on, and the Emperor explains that the Bozok are trash, so now their base is a garbage dump for the universe. The Bozok <laughs> are enraged by this betrayal... But Exhaust simply lights the garbage on fire and then sends the base hurtling towards Earth to destroy it. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> canonically in Car Ranger, a trash fire almost destroys Earth? Yeah. Okay, good. Perfect. <laughs> so, from Earth, the heroes can see this impending doom coming. The Car Rangers are ready to give up. But Signalman won't sit idly by and take Sirender, his mech, to the sky to stop the meteor. He can't completely deflect it, but he slows it down enough to not destroy the Earth, losing Sirender in the process. He then engages the Bozok on foot. Back to the destroyed garage. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I just love that a trash ball is going to destroy Earth. Like, that's very fitting, to be honest. If, if that's how actual Earth goes out, like, that makes a Wasn't lot of sense. Wasn't there a Futurama episode about that? Yeah, we should, we should yes. build another trash ball and throw yeah. that trash ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, they do throw trash at it. They throw a cop at it. Oh, yeah, of course. Dang. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Back at the destroyed garage, Ichitaro shows the Car Ranger his drawing of them and how he believes in them. The crew realize that even without their powers, they are still the Car Rangers and they have to fight. They go to fight the Bozok, claiming to be Car Rangers within their hearts, and they do their usual group pose, but unentransformed. They have a brief fight with the Bozok where the heroes are clearly at a disadvantage, but they're giving it their all. Luckily, the fight is interrupted by Zonette who had left to her home planet to take up her duties as crown princess with her sister Radietta, the white car racer. She explains that they have a common enemy with exhaust, and after right. some convincing, agree to work together, now friends. The car rangers end the episode by flying the Bozok ship back into space, intending to get their powers back. It's actually a really good scene where they're like, hey, we're buddies now, and like, a bunch of hijinks happen. You should really check this out. Check out all Car Ranger. It's excellent. Zonette is sort of a like a, a switcher, right? Like she's she's bad, good. Well, she's she's uh, she was she never like joins the Car Rangers or whatever, but she was with the Bozok as like a, a rebellious stage because she's actually okay. a princess of uh, gotcha. I think Planet Fanbelt is the name. It's like, uh, that's at least her last name is Zonette Fanbelt. Um, okay, yeah, because I think no, I, I, th I, I think I think Zach was asking if she was a switch. Oh, I mean, I mean, I wasn't, probably. but okay, fair enough. I mean, I think she leans top, honestly, but anyways, <laughs> she's got a lot of accoutrement on her costume, which would suggest top to me, but who knows? Anyway, well, she, she's, in, she's in a good costume now. She's a good guy now. She's oh, a princess, so she's in a different yeah. outfit. Um, got it. So anyways, um, the next episode begins with them ramming the ship through exhaust, killing him and getting their powers back. 
Okay, that's how he starts. Unfortunately, <laughs> Exhaust resurrects by gathering all the evil energy in the universe and is also transformed into Exhaust Super Strong. Ooh, okay, that's strong. a good name. <laughs> it's I a wish very they, good wait, name. Let, let me just ask a clarifying question. Is Exhaust, that's the Elgar equivalent, right? No, that's no, ex- the no, big bad. No, he, no he's, he's, oh. he's, he's the gold gargoyle. Yeah, he... he I So... Let me. I'm pretty okay, sure he because the thing is, like the giant gold monster they find in this episode, I thought was kind of Elgar looking. So I was like, oh, I bet that's what's going on over there. But I guess nah, not. It's exhaust. Yeah, he's just got a long face, uh, but uh, yeah, he's yeah. unrelated. Just just to recap, Gynamo is um, Rygog. Okay. Zel, El, Zelmoda is Elgar, and Grotch is the uh, the last guy. What's his name? Uh, Porto. 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 I'm never going to forget mm. the name Grotch. <laughs> Grotch? Grotch is not a good name. I, I... <laughs> and he kind of fits him. He's kind of slimy and weird. Um, sure. But anyways, um, so um, at first, Gynamo eats an emo yokon to gigantify himself to fight Exhaust, but quickly shrinks as it's out of date. Again, <laughs> this is important. <laughs> the VRV Robo, the rescue Megazord, is formed, and they try to fight Exhaust, but are outmatched. Most of the Car Rangers are ready to give up, and even begin to retreat from their seats. Like, you know the scene in this episode where, like, Cassie gets up to go to the back, yeah. and it says, it, uh, she, she says something like, she's gonna check the power cells or some shit. But she's really trying to get the fuck out of there. And then, she's and trying the to run away. Get out yeah. Of yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But as they begin to retreat, the Red Racer brings them back together, and in a really badass scene, they continue to fight with the VRV Robo slowly marching towards Exhaust. It grabs him and explodes. You're going to hear us all again later on in the Turbo episode, but This this part is exactly what happens in the episode. Okay, continue. Um, This does not kill him, however, and the Rangers in the RV Robo, or Turbo Megasword, manage to pierce a hole through Exhaust, which we see... There's a huge gaping hole cut from the Turbo episode. Um, yeah. It's really badass. Uh, uh, however, oh, sorry, yeah? Because in this one, he's just like, ha that didn't do anything. Which but is there's, a, there's a huge gaping hole, in the, and I think they could have still done that. It's a monster, like, whatever. Yeah, it's not, there's no blood not? or anything. Um, he, he, he again uses all the evil energy in the universe to revive, though. Because you can just do that, I guess, over and Gosh, over again. Down these <laughs> multi-stage villains. <laughs> all seems lost. Well, he's the same form and everything. But all seems lost. But then Gynamo grabs the expired Emo Yokan and hurls it into Exhaust's mouth, shrinking him and losing his super strong form. So really, in the end, the bad guys beat the bad guy. Sure, of course. Why not? Like... Back on the ground, though, the rangers do to finish him off by using a new attack where they run towards Exhaust, and they turn into cars and burst right through him. Dang. Yeah. Nice. And then my one of my favorite parts in all of Car Ranger is the epilogue, where we see Zonet being chided by Radiata to find a husband, but Zonet sighs and looks at her locket containing a picture of Kiyosuke instead of what used to be a picture of the Red Racer form, because remember, she Ooh. didn't know who he was. Oh, um, yes. Very cute. Uh, and at first, she like didn't like Kiyosuke's human form. She was like, "You have a monkey face. I hate you." <laughs> but but then she, you know, felt grew to love him. Um, isn't Dapu so and, net, oh, sorry. Isn't so net not a suit actor in Car Ranger? Yeah. Doesn't yeah. she have the exact same sort of face? Oh, yeah. No, no, it's it's Kios- No, she had Red Racer's face in a lot. No, 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 but but sh- but Cassidy is saying. 
The insult, you have a monkey face is weird when she also has a human face. <laughs> oh, no, the actor Kiyosuke does kind of have that kind of face. Okay, gotcha. And yeah, and they make, and it's funny and like, you know, whatever. Um, uh, Dapu and his dad, VRV Master, are traveling through the universe together, but Dapu wants to visit the Car Rangers again really badly because he loves them. Um, Gynamo is working in a barbecue restaurant on Earth. Valid. And okay. That's the very single good. best part, Kate, remember, this is Elgar and Porto, right? Okay. Zelmoda and Grotch are getting are starting to get an education starting in primary school. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> they, they, there's a scene uh, where they're going into school with the little hats on that they were in Japanese primary schools and like are in the like 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 classroom together standing above all the other children and just okay. like reading from this book and it's so good <laughs> i gotta go watch this just for that honestly <laughs> yeah. um and then the rangers are just happily continuing their work at the rebuilt pegasus garage very cool oh, oh, oh i forgot to say um i forgot to write signalman's epilogue because again he's a cop not a huge fan of him but he has an epilogue <sighs> he's he's back on planet police studying to become a detective and it shows him with his kid. They're both studying for separate things. And the wife comes in, which is awesome, actually, seeing the wife and the kid robots. And they bring him tea. And yeah, I just I love the mm-hmm. I love kid robots. It's something that's so funny about it's that. Very to me. cute. It's really good. Nice. Um, and yeah, that's, that's that cool. car ends. Like uh, overall, it was probably the favorite Sentai that I've watched out of the older Sentai. A lot of people really, really like Car Ranger. It's, it's, it's yeah. super silly and fun. I, I, can't, I can't recommend it enough for anyone who's just into silly fun. That stuff. sounds fun. I, that rules. Thank you for your... your it is gut. very weird to hear that Car Ranger is a popular Sentai season and compare that to the fact that Turbo is one of the most hated seasons of Power Rangers. Because they're not that different. They're pretty different. <laughs> is Turbo the most hated? I mean, I know that the general consensus is... Like, among, quote, fans, but who cares about fans, but also among the fans, it's like, oh, Turbo was so silly and kitty, but so far this season, we've all kind of liked it. Well, that's the thing. The the thing I'm saying is that we've actually been going against the grain because we have mostly liked Turbo. Like, Turbo has a horrible reputation. Well, reputation aside, because your your reputation is going to be based on, on, you know... Thirty other than the content fans. of your characters. Yeah, 30-year-old <laughs> yeah. fans who've watched the entirety of Power Rangers right. and have ranked the seasons, yeah. That said, it did have bad ratings. Like, it was not doing well at the time. So I, I don't know why exactly, if that if yeah. that had to do with Although what else was out. Didn't they pick up or... after the cast change? Yes, oh, so they picked up about did, halfway yeah. through, yes. And, yeah, and like, I, I, Car, Car Ranger, did, did it do well? I know people like it, but did it do well? No idea, couldn't tell you. I, I uh, think it also kind of did poorly, if I remember. But like, I, I and, think and it's... It, it was a departure, because it's kind of a parody Sentai, because like... If you look right. at what happened before this, it was whatever, um, it was like O-Ranger, is that the one that uh, Zeo oh, yeah, was? And, and that one was yeah, supposed O-Ranger. to be pretty, I mean, that one was pretty serious. And Die Ranger was, I've watched the first episode of that. It's pretty, it's ser- It's silly, obviously, because it's, it's Sentai, but it's pretty serious comparatively to Car Ranger. Um, so my, my memory is hazy, but if I remember correctly, uh, O-Ranger started off kind of dark and serious, and then there was like, an earthquake or something, and I, a couple. I think there might have also been like uh, some kind of like mass 
shooting or something. There were there were like a couple really big bad things in the Japanese news that happened, mm. and then suddenly it's like, oh, we better we better lighten this show up. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, I think so. I, I was gonna say real quick. Thank you for the uh, the recap. Yeah, and I guess I, one I more thing I, I just want to say really quickly is like, oh sure, as you'll as you'll see as we as we recap the turbo episode, the only thing it uses from this episode is the exhaust fight. And that's it. Yes, mm. gotcha. And, and, okay. and I'm and I'm guessing that the next episode, if you use any Sentai footage, is probably from Mega Ranger, which I explained before um, the show is where Nasada comes from, because that's from yes. Mega Ranger. Yeah, that's wild. That that's that because it makes perfect sense that Power Rangers would not use NASA, uh, but it. Yeah, I, I was well, surprised. They probably have Nasada on the ship or something, right? That and they makes had to sense. explain that, right? Like. Well, they didn't have to. A lot of times their shit no, just says Z Ranger to. on it and nobody <laughs> says anything about it. But yes, that's for true. sure. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I like uh, one of the things I really like about uh, Japanese TV that I've seen. And actually, my wife's been li- watching a lot of K-dramas on Netflix because there's They're a bunch good. of them on there. Me, um, me and Michael watched for an entire Japanese drama um, and it was that was really fun. I've noticed that there seems to be a trend in Eastern TV to have a long epilogue, like sometimes a whole episode where like the everything's wrapped up at the very beginning and then it's just 50 minutes of everybody just chilling. And I really like that. And I wish it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I wish American TV would do that more. Well, like, American TV doesn't, doesn't allow itself to like definitively end in a way that's been planned from the start that often. That's you know? true. Usually when it gets, mm. when it, it has to like wrap up super fast, so they don't have time to do that. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. That's one really good, like uh, advantage to like uh super Sentai before, um, because power just gets like that later where it's like every season is very much contained is that you can't right. have those endings where it's like, Oh, like we get to find out what happened to everybody afterwards. Yeah. Kind of thing. And sometimes, like it's 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 not as cheerful as this fun Car Rangers one because I remember Julie telling us about one where the Black Ranger like dies after yeah, so in the epilogue. Like speaking <laughs> of not being as cheerful as Car Ranger, let's talk about <laughs> Power Rangers Turbo episode forty four, Chase into Space Part One. This is the uh, first part of the two part finale of uh, Turbo, uh, and I can't believe how well this worked out. Like, and I mean, listen, we. We did kind of deliberately fudge it by having the the Christmas movie thing run extra long last December, oh, but it yeah. is wild that we managed to just turn this fucking nightmare of a year. One year make, is turbo. And, yeah, just dedicate all of 2020 to <laughs> the best season of Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, this, I guess we'll, I'm just going to say this before we get into it. Uh, Diva Talks defeats the Power Rangers. Pretty like, yeah, they lose at, at pretty soundly, and it's kind of wild because it's, as much it's so what like here's the thing: the last time the power chamber got destroyed, it was kind of a last second thing. Like Goldar and and Rito had been bumbling around in the basement for a number of episodes, but like there was there like they hadn't been building up in the way of like. It wasn't an assault on the command center. They just right. kind of snuck in and there was a bomb. Yes. We are about to see the command center be systematically destroyed yeah. over the course of two episodes. And it's fucking wild. It's it's because and I I I think we've we've kind of 
said we enjoy Turbo, and, and I, you know, take that or leave it. That that said, if you were to present to me, here are the villains from Power Rangers for first five seasons. Which of them uh, do you believe could take down the <laughs> command center? It would not be Diva Talks. I love her, but like. That would not be my call, to be completely honest with you. Um, I mean, she's so incompetent that she forgot where the power chamber was for a whole season. Th- okay, that's <laughs> yeah. something we're going let's, to... Let's table that, but we have to talk about it's, it. It's, it. Yes, it's, it is worth noting, and this is kind of getting ahead of things, because I, I did go ahead and watch both parts. The only thing that stops Divatox from killing all the rangers and ruling the Earth is some mysterious big bad from next season tells her to leave. Yeah, right. It's, yeah. That's it. luck. Yeah. Um, so this episode opens with uh, Justin's dad is going to an interview. Um, and can I just say, I actually like Justin's, what Justin's actor is doing in this episode. He's yeah, not, he, he's improved a lot this season. I think oh, you're yeah. right. I, I would agree with you. He, he's, not the best actor in the world, but he is a lot more natural, I think, than he was earlier on. Um, definitely in early Power Rangers, there was a very, like, kids play quality to Justin where, like, you would, you could, like, tell someone points at him off screen and now he says his line and then, like, it goes to the next person. But but I think he's a lot more natural here, especially with with the actor who's playing his dad. Um, I think it's a pretty good little scene. Yeah, um, it's, it it almost made me feel something. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost. This this scene with his dad works in a bubble. Yes. like it's uh, you get kind of the, yeah. the absent minded dad who's like. Oh man, I got I got to go get to this job interview. Oh man, I I I'd, I'd forget my head if it wasn't bolted to my neck, you know that yeah. whole deal. And his son's like helping. He was like, Dad, don't worry, you got this. Making sure he's got his his briefcase. It's a cute moment outside of the context of the rest of the season and everything we know about his dad and well, how much of a piece of shit Justin's dad is. That's the thing. Is it is uh, it, yeah. It's it's a scene later that really made me angry at Justin's dad. But like, we'll get to that. It's the it's the problem we've been dealing with literally from the beginning of this season with the movie is this movie wants to have its cake and eat its too. It's it wants to have Justin be sad because his dad is around, but it doesn't want to make his dad out to be a bad guy. Right. And it bends over like not just yeah. backwards, it like it bends over backwards like nine hundred degrees until it looks like a cinnamon roll to <laughs> not make his dad look bad. It treats a dad who completely abandons his child as the same as like a dad who has to travel a lot. Yeah. Which yeah. which <laughs> Yeah, like like okay, so like the scene the scene that I was referring to, this one lie is he says like you're more important than work. And I was so yeah. mad because that wasn't the case. And like, yeah, like they, 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 they could have tried redeeming him there where he says like, he's like, listen, um, I, I, I don't want to leave you again. I've learned yeah. that you're, I've learned that you're more important than work. Right. I left you behind for a job once. It haunted me the entire time. Yeah. I'm not making that mistake again. Address yeah. it at all. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to compare this to Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which I watched recently. Okay. Um, because uh, Good movie. Um, Tim, his dad in that, didn't, like, leave him. But this 
in this, his dad did leave him. He just yeah, yeah, yes. It, it's there, there's a difference between you know your your Disney or, or or Pokemon Detective Pikachu dad who like vanishes uh, because something happened. Oh yeah, as no, opposed- he didn't even vanish. He was he was um, because I've seen the thing recently. I know um, uh, his dad had a job in the in the city where Pokemon Detective Pikachu takes place, Rhyme city. and he had like a ticket and a bedroom all set up for Tim to come visit. That's to right. Come That's stay right. with him. Yeah. But Tim didn't want to. Right, right, right. Yeah. There's, there's a difference between that, like a strained relationship, and like, bye, son, like that, which is yeah, basically- well, it's not, even, it's not even just a strained relationship. It's the fact that this dad, like, leaves this kid, not, he doesn't just leave this kid with, like, a, a relative. He, like, he, pu- he puts him in foster care, but he, he, he keeps, like, a takesies backsies clause or something, <laughs> where, it's, where it's like, I'm, I'm gonna put my kid in the foster system, but whatever you do, do not let anyone actually adopt him, because I will be coming back in, like, right. six months. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, fucking what? And and with, to make it worse, and like and that would have been bad on its own, but it's the fact that Justin doesn't hold it against him at all. No, also, he loves does. his dad. He loves he just him so lost much. his mother. He just <laughs> lost his mother. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> the other thing that we keep we keep uh, like really should bear in mind. And this is all shit from the movie. This is from the beginning of the season. It has it has been a shadow over this entire season. Every time Justin's dad has come up, is that not only did he abandon his kid, he abandoned his kid right after the mom died. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's so great. So th- I think I feel like a lot of stuff in this episode works in this episode, but is more of a problem if you take yeah. it in yeah. the whole series. Yeah, there, there, yeah. We'll we'll get into it, but there's a lot of stuff uh, yeah. in this whole two parter that like works in a bubble. Like this, like just to get into it, this two parter is good. It is entertaining television. Yeah, it's good. But when you're when you're being nitpicky and taking Power Rangers seriously, like we do and have been doing, and we'll continue right. to do until the day we're dead, like. <laughs> Like, there are so many holes and so many problems. Right. So this scene is cute. I think, uh, as Cassidy said, Justin's actor is good. He 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 says, you know, Dad, I think you're great. And they're going to, if they have any brains, they're going to accept you and, and give you the job. And he's like, thanks, son. I love you very much. And and that, it works just fine. And yeah, it, it kind of stinks he- that this is when he's done, basically. Because, like, right. yeah, he was as annoying as everybody said he was at the start. But right, he, but like so is every Ranger actor, and he got a he got Ooh. the hang of it after a while. Yeah, well, he'll be back for stuff. And I think Justin's actor got a lot of flack specifically because he is an outlier for being a kid. Right, in, in a yeah. way that probably wasn't very fair. So uh, hmm. his dad takes probably off got hate to, mail to go to work uh, to go to this interview. We cut up to uh, the moon. Yeah, Cut to the moon. for real. Yeah. <laughs> Divatox uh, it pulls up in her in her flying car that she still has. That I'm glad she still has because it's great looking. It's very good. Uh, yes, we never see her lose it. We have to assume no. she still has it. Uh, she just used she. It's just funny because I think she just uses it to get from the space base that orbits the moon to the moon. That's just what she uses it for <laughs> to go back and forth. Um, but she gets she's down at the moon. Uh, Elgar helps her out and uh, out of the car, and she says, oh, oh boy, and looks up at this giant monster uh, who is the who is exhaust from uh, the description. No, you no, heard tea, earlier. just ex- exhaust. Yeah. Um, 
But this is uh, Gold Goyle, is what they call him. He's, he's just the- a generic monster. <laughs> so yeah, here's he's, the thing. He's, in fact, he's the most powerful monster in the galaxy. Yeah, He is very powerful, as we'll see, but, like, he's just a monster? Right. It's weird. So that's, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I, that the was way- a setup. That was, that was a setup. You see, I was oh, quoting oh, the episode. Someone's supposed right. to say... In the universe. Yes, uh, you're ah, right. It's not in the galaxy, in the entire universe. That's that what he says. We, sorry uh, for failing you. You all dropped oh, the Sorry, ball. I, was, I was reading Twitter. Sorry. We're bad. We're bad <laughs> at this. Uh, so anyway, th- so yes, that's the thing about Divatox. Every other villain so far has had a set method of creating mo- or obtaining monsters. Divatox's method, as far as we can tell, is just like she hires slash finds monsters. Her method- is the a nerds. phone book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Like> tongue kissing <laughs> bats. She she, she, yes. she flips through the phone book and kisses bats. And <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and the problem with that is that when you have an escalation, it's not like Finster says, yes, I've worked on this monster for six months. It's perfect. Or, uh, you know, King Mondo says, yeah, this is my most powerful robot and I put all the parts into it. It's yeah, like here's this ancient evil we dug up from somewhere, but it took us a while to find, you know. Right, it's literally Diva, Diva Talks just going like, this is Gold Goyle, he's very strong. I found him. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's mine and, now. <laughs> and that's it, really. Like, they don't even, it's not even, there's not even a scene where he's like, what are you going to give me for destroying the Power Rangers? Like, he's just here to kill the power rangers for divatox and that's it yeah, and they could have yeah. a funny joke about he get when when i rule the earth you will get australia or something perfect yeah nobody wants that anyway so <laughs> um so that's wow. that, listen i didn't mean it it was oh i'm was, taking no offense <laughs> so you're the ones who have like the info guides for what to do if a bear attacks. <laughs> True. Um, I mean, so- really, like, when it gets right down to it, if she actually did conquer the Earth, like, she would turn Elgar and, like, okay, you can have the United States. Have fun with that. Yeah, good good, good luck, bud. Uh, so, we cut to the Jim and Juice bar, and the sort of side plot of these two episodes that's gonna become important later is that... Um, NASADA, uh, which is the NASA equivalent, is doing stuff, uh, and everyone at the uh, Jim and Juice bar is watching uh, this space shuttle come in to land. Um, like we don't, we aren't really told exactly what the mission was, but you know, it's one of those big cultural moments, I guess, where everybody's watching uh, it's the space shuttle. They went and did experiments shuttle. in space, and now they're coming back. Yep. Uh, um, you saying side plot? hit me like something hit me all of a sudden okay uh i suddenly get why last week was this big emotional thing with bulk and skull and it's because this time in the actual finale of the season they're not around they are in one shot we and see they are them. flicking ice cream they are flicking milkshakes on each other's faces yes yes we see them but they are not they don't have any real screen time yes um, is is it in this scene? Did I miss them? Y- yeah, they're in this scene. Uh, well, I'll I'll point it out. A bit later in this scene. Okay. So uh, there's a kind of cute thing where TJ and um, Carlos 
are looking at Justin and kind of poking each other and being like, look at this guy. Cause Justin is like super transfixed on the, uh, on the space shuttle landing. And he's just like, wow. And yeah, he's obsessed with space travel. So it's a real good thing he's going to get to go to space next season. That's yeah, what I was just fantastic. about to say. Yeah, it's very funny that he is the one who seems to care the most about space, and he is the only cast member that does not go to the next season where they go to space. I mean, if they did that well, if they had that as a running theme throughout the series, and this final decision next episode that he makes about the space travel... Yeah, Am I but wrong instead, in that his dad works for Nasada? No, he doesn't. I could have sworn that, but no. Yeah. Oh, his I dad does not it. enter into that the bit with Nasada at all. If he's like, this is the job my dad's going to get or is working at or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's cool. But like, yeah. Or if dad being there was the explanation for how he like commandeers the space shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Uh so we see a little interview with the uh, the commander of the of the mission. He says, "Yep, uh, everything went great. Our next goal is long range exploration of space." Uh, we then see Justin's dad walk into the Jim and Juice bar. Um, Carlos says hello to him, uh, Mister Stewart, and he walks over. <laughs> His, to- name <laughs> His name is Doug. His name is Doug. Yes, Stewart. What a Doug Stewart. Oh, did, did we gloss over the interview name. with the Nasada guy? Because I feel no, like I that's important. It. I said it. Okay. Yeah. Um. He he walks up. Justin's like, "What happened?" Or how'd it go? And he's like, "I got it, but I gotta talk to you about something over here." He doesn't just say that he got it. He does that shitty thing when you're talking about an important result where he draws it out. Yes, yeah. Yeah, he walks in, like, looking sad, acting like he has bad news, his tie's untied. It's like, yeah, Justin, I got something to say. I got it, <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, yeah. man. Don't do that with serious news, dude. Yeah, it, my my dad, I don't know if I've talked about this before, my dad is really bad with text communication, and one of the things that he does that drives me fucking crazy is he'll send me a text at, like, 1030 that's like, Call me as soon as you get this. And then I call him and he's like, who was that guy who was on that movie? I'm like, no, dad, you have to understand. If you text me at 1030 at night and say, call me the second you get this, I think someone died. You yeah, can't do this. I am this. assuming you had a heart attack if you do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, he he takes Justin aside and says, so I did get the job, but here's the bad news. I have to leave Angel Grove if I take the job. But he now, this kind of goes to what you were saying earlier, Mike, in, in terms of just not fitting with what we know about this guy. He says, but I want you to know straight up, unless you, I will not leave Angel Grove unless you want to come with me. Like this it, choice is fully yours. And whatever you say, I, I'm good with that, which is not how he was earlier so no, like, that's yeah. like that's like yeah. a, and it's also like a lot of pressure to put on a kid i feel like but i guess it's also good to like ask instead of taking away from his friends but yeah it's, it's a very like weird thing for a guy who abandoned his child to do is what we're saying <laughs> yeah i mean it's also very it, there's kind of not really any stakes to it because like 
you get the sense that the dad is excited about the job, but the opening shot, they have a nice house and a nice car. His dad's yeah. doing fine. It, it's not, yeah, but it, it's, he's a temporarily embarrassed millionaire. He could be doing better. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I guess that's how he feels about it, too, though. Like Michael was saying, if, if he's giving the kid this choice, instead of being like, we have to go to this place. Like, I, I'm not saying he would be like, I mean, he ha- he did before abandon him, but I'm not saying he would be like, I'm abandoning you. It would be like, we're moving and that's that, you know, kind of thing. But that's not the case. Yeah, that, so my, <laughs> par- my parents moved around a fair bit when I was a kid. And it was like, it, it's not like he was like, hey, do you like school here? Or, like, do you want to go somewhere else? It was like, we have to go there because I have to work. <laughs> and that was understood. Like, but, it would make more sense maybe if he's like, I know you've been through a lot, Justin, I put you through a lot, so I want to make sure you're okay with this because, you know, like, that would make more sense if there was, like, reasons for this, you know, but. Right. Shrug. So that's <laughs> he becomes a new person. Right. And so, it, and listen, folks, I get it. We're kind of, we're kind of nitpicking here, but like, this is. This is, Justin's dad is a character that has caused us no end of frustration, especially considering he's a character that has barely been in this show. Right. So that said, uh, he gets Justin gets to make the choice, and he says, "No, I I really want to stay here. I like it in Angel Grove. All my friends are here: TJ, Cassie, Cassie, Ashley, Cassie. and Nico." He actually remembers yeah, remember his Nico? little friend, yeah, who was in like two yeah, episodes. Yeah, Nico! Cassie spotted, spotted that too. Uh, he also doesn't, um, he doesn't list Carlos and his friends. He does then say Gar- Carlos is going to get me on the soccer team, but he did not put him in his <laughs> friend list. Yeah, but the which thing is, is well, he's not his friend. He's his brother. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was gonna say the reason Carlos is separate is because he is the most important friend that yeah. Justin has. He then says, "Even Balkan Skull," and we get a shot of Balkan Skull in like their old, they're like in uh, their, yeah, they're in their like original season clothes. one outfits. <laughs> yeah, uh, throwing uh, like milkshakes at each other. Um, is that what you I call punk clothes? Because well, they are very much wearing just tie dye. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just mean it's not like what they've been wearing the last yeah. couple seasons is either cop clothes or uh, <laughs> like a yeah, uniform. we haven't seen them like dressed casually much like over the last right. few seasons because they're always like cops he, yeah. or detectives he, 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 or working odd jobs. Yeah, here and there we will, but like it's pretty rare. Yeah, they are wearing tie dye. Uh, Skull does have like a punk, what I would call a punk necklace. He's got like a chain necklace thing. What is um, up with his pants? I don't know. They're they're pretty great though. I they're like are these skulls? I can't tell. He has like black print oh, yeah. pants. Yeah, I think they're skulls. There's also a big hole in the thigh. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, I mean these are great. Yeah, like, uh, just, this is some fucking good bulk and skull looks. Yeah. So his dad's just like, okay, we're not going anywhere then. Uh, and then uh, the Rangers all have their their. Uh, their watches go off, and Justin runs over his dad and says, "Actually, don't decide yet. Let's talk some more about it later." Um, I think that's very mature of him. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I think he's like, "Just give me some time to think about this." Like I, that I, is, yeah, reasonable. I think that makes a lot of sense for a, a little kid to, to initially be like, "No, I don't want to go." 
like uh but then go well you know give me a little time and i'll think about it um and and he he says okay you know what justin we can talk about all you want but you're more important to me than any job hugs and (laughs) again it's sweet but it's like but it wasn't that before (laughs) so yeah um yeah, and it would be fine if the character like grew or matured or changed in some way, but they did, we have not been given any indication of that. So Justin runs off, and uh, Carlos is like, "Are you okay, bud?" And he's like, "No," <laughs> which I enjoyed. He straight up is like, "No, I'm not okay." Uh, if we if Dad takes Very a job, sure of him, honestly, like t- it, say yeah. when you're not okay to your friends. <laughs> yeah, if Dad takes a job, we have to move, but there's no time for that because they have to get to the power chamber. Um, Demetria has an urgent message from Eltar. I, I kind of like hold on as as Justin is having this conversation of like, no, I'm not okay. Kind of just a funny little bit of unintentional visual comedy, I guess. Justin's shirt is way, way, way too big. And, like, he has the one sleeve rolled up and, like, tucked behind the communicator so that he could do, like, that shot. And then his other sleeve is just, it's it's just hanging off of him. Like, it's, you can't see his hand. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> um, they, they could not find a shirt, a, a blue shirt in this style small enough for this job. It's like a jersey, it looks like. I, yeah, I mean, it's that's kind of the style from the 90s, isn't it? Big shirts? Really Maybe, big, Yeah. Yeah, Honestly, it, even Carlos's shirt looks kind of too big for him. Yeah, like um, it, yeah. At this point, uh, they're like, "Yeah, there's a there's a, a message from Eltar," and Ashley asks, El- "What's Eltar?" <laughs> and uh, Justin says, "It's the source of all our powers." And I'm like, like "Wait, no, it is that's wait, not correct?" Uh, I mean, it kind of is like. Zordon's from Eltar. That would yeah, be but like he, the morphing grid is a source of their powers. Right, like, I don't... That's a weird slant rhyme answer, is that... I mean, okay, yes, anyway, that's what they say. Um, Zordon is on the screen, and he basically says... It, they, hey, they, they put a new color filter over it, but it's the same, like, shots of his head from season one, and that's kind of great. Yeah. yeah, he says, "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope." Pretty no, much. no, 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 no. He says the opposite of that. He says, "Hey guys, uh, oh, yeah. my home planet Eltar is under attack. We're super screwed. Do not help us under any circumstances. Yes. Stay put." It's very weird. He was gonna continue the message because he says you have to stay there and protect Earth because blah blah blah, and then he gets cut off because of interference. But it is a weird call to call someone who cares about you and be like, I'm, I might die. Do not come help me. Bye. (laughs) I I guess he was trying to give a warning. I guess. But like, if here's the thing, if you do not want someone to come help you, don't send them the distress signal. I mean, he's maybe Zordon has developed his character a bit. He might actually want to tell the Rangers something. No, I think, he says, yeah. and Rangers, beware, and then he gets cut off. Yeah, I think he so was going to tell them, them that that gold, what's gold goil was on was his it way. Gold no, gold? no, I, I think I think they're talking about the the bad guys of the next season. Oh, 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 okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Um, so he he gets cut off. Um, Demetria says, I think Zordon was trying to warn us of an attack. Uh, Let's do a scan just in case. 
Oh, damn, right. there's a monster incoming. Yes, yeah. They do a scan, a general scan, and and, and find out, whoops, here's a monster on its way. Um, we cut up to uh, the moon briefly. Gold Goyle's like, hey, I'm going to fuck up the Megazord. He says I'm going to eat it for lunch. Um, He's going, yummy, no, yummy. I'm not going to say that. What? No, you have to do that now. You have to say it now. He's gonna vole the Megazord. Yeah, he's gonna. I mean, Megazord. <laughs> Megavord. Uh, so, Vorgoyle. You know what? I'm honestly shocked that it took us five seasons to get to Megavord. Yeah, me too. Considering, <laughs> considering our particular crew, I'm surprised it took this long. Um, <clears throat> so he takes off. Uh, Alpha detects it and freaks out. Um, they're like, what is it, a monster? He's like, no, it's a, well, yes, but it's a huge monster, bigger than a Megazord. Um, and TJ's like, no problem, we'll just go fuck it up. And they sh- they morph and head over to fight, fight Goldgoyle. And <laughs> the problem, so he's big, and that's great, but also he's already big, which just made me be like, well, can't they embiggen him and then he'll just be super big? But well, they his never def- do that. Default state is presumably big. So right. if they shot the torpedoes at him, presumably it would have no effect. Oh, okay. It's just it's just either big or not big. It, do- it, I, I, it doesn't. Yeah, I find it interesting okay. too that when he appears on Earth, he he. Well, I remember I said he becomes super strong exhaust. Like this isn't his normal look, but we do see his normal look for like a split second. Before he transforms into super strong exhaust. It, in the way it happens in this, he teleports in with a robe on, and then that's he what I'm gets, saying. That was his yeah, original form. Right. Well, what I was gonna say yeah. is, it is opposed to an upgrade. It looks more like he's showing up in ring attire and then takes the jacket off. Basically, oh, sure. that would be very cool. That would yeah. be cool. <laughs> um, and he's just like, "What's up, Power Rangers? Gonna smash you? Uh, gonna smash?" <laughs> Gonna yep, smash. Not even gonna wait for you to get in your zords. Just gonna start shooting at you right now. Yeah, he does. Very he fair. just starts zapping <laughs> them. Uh, they jump out of the way. Go ahead and summon the rescue megazord. Um, and they fight, and it doesn't go very well. Uh, yeah, but- like they're they're they lose everything in this fight, and they're pretty casual about it. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty I mean, casual. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll give a little bit more specifics, but they lose both Megazords to this one monster that just shows up. It's pretty wild. Um, at the yeah, first- it, it has no buildup. It was just introduced at the beginning of this episode, and it does die. So it's it's a one and done regular right. ass monster, but it just coincidentally destroys like both Megazords. Yeah, sure. Oh, and also the, the, the turbo ram as well. <laughs> the the, the, the right. method of them, of them doing it is 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 interesting. That's what took it out. I mean, well, obviously they couldn't do the yeah. same thing where they give it bad food and he becomes small. But like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So its power basically is they shoot at it and it can like gather it up like a chi blast, like a Dragon Ball Z Kamehameha and shoot it back at them. So, yeah, he's just unbeatable, is right. the thing. But they, they, keep, they beat him, so... They keep <laughs> trying to kill him, uh, they keep shooting at him, and every time they shoot at him, he just kind of grabs the their power and, and shoots it back at them. 
I really like his design. Emily, there's this detail in the costuming. I think hopefully you might be able to shed some light on. On the right side of the suit, there's like what I can only describe as duct tape. These sort of beams. Oh, I mean, there's no probably lore actually duct reason tape. for that. Yeah, <laughs> there isn't a lore reason for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, considering what tends to happen behind the scenes at Toei, I'm assuming that's actually duct tape. I need to see. I, I, I didn't even notice that because, like, I just see like the you know he's got the red um, crest and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, he's got like. Oh, a, I see what you're talking a, about. Yeah, that's elongating neck. Is it, oh, like yeah. on the on the left side, there's like a uh, some some silver straps. It literally, on. just looks like he got they he had a crack and he du- they duct tape it back together. I could that be might wrong. be what happened. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's got this. The, the design, his face is like a gold moon shape, sort of yeah. like Mac Tonight style, and then he's got this big red, uh, like World of Warcraft shoulder shoulder pauldrons. Like Rygog. I appreciate yes, like, that similarity. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, the rest of him is mostly black. Uh, it's pretty cool looking. So he he's fucking them up. Uh, they go down. They uh, There is that scene where, I guess, in the in Car Ranger, they try to flee. But uh, in this one, it's it's uh, Cassie saying... That the 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 weapons have come offline and she has to plug them back in. But we um, saw her weapons get their weapons get like demolished. So it right, really yes, we do see sense. their weapons get destroyed. Um, they get knocked into a mountain again, uh, and they they the the weapons they say the weapons are gone. They're sitting ducks. Uh, and then what they decide there's, to do? There's a lot of there. It, there's a lot of techno babble of like we got to divert the power from the shields to the weapons. Oh no, we got to divert the weapons from the to the converters to the legs. Like there's there's a lot of fucking yeah. techno jargon. It's just their systems keep failing and they keep like trying to do something to make that not be the case, and it keeps not working. Right. Uh, they TJ says I've got an idea. We need to take him down now because, you know, if we if we we can't really afford to retreat. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to chow to this guy and Chow-tzu. we're going to we're going to get up. We're going to get up close and hug him and then super uh, self-destruct the Megazord. Uh, super self-destruct. Super self-destruct. <laughs> um, which is both a thing we could have done the entire time and also a weird escalation like this quick into a monster fight? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they are losing pretty badly, and if they had done this before, they wouldn't have a rescue Megazord. True. Uh, so they try that, uh, and they jump out of it into their other Zords, and just and like Chaozu, just like Chaozu, it don't do nothing. Uh, <laughs> he is, he's totally fine. Um, yes, the effect of them jumping out is very fun. They all, like, <laughs> fly at the screen as opposed to, like, teleport out. It's it's cool looking. Um, it is kind of great because, like, the the teleporting streak thing is, like, it's a purely an invention of Power Rangers. Sentai doesn't yes. do that shit. Yeah. So sometimes you do get, like, these shots of Rangers just jumping in and out of Megazords because that's how they roll. Yeah. Uh, and with that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back.
I'm Emma. And I'm Lucas. And, and we're, we're from, from the, the podcast D Comedy, a show where each month we rewatch Disney Channel original movies. And trust me, they're weirder than you remember. We grew up totally addicted to whatever Disney Channel wanted to throw at us. And going back to look at these beautiful train wrecks is always a good time. So search for us on iTunes and Google Play Music and Stitcher and basically wherever you find podcasts. Or find us among all the wonderful podcasts on AudioEntropy.com. I'm Emma. I'm Lucas. And And you should be listening to D-Comedy. So the Rangers hop into their uh, regular ass uh, uh, Turbo Megazord. The better Megazord. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. I think mm-hmm. we've pretty much come to that conclusion. I like it more. Uh, they immediately pull, uh, go into their spin move. Uh, but this time we get to see it do something that I don't think we've ever seen before, which is no, yeah. it's it's spinning. Uh, Golden Oil shoots at it and it jumps over while spinning. And yeah, then it like as helicopters opposed, into the air. Right. And then as opposed to spinning like a top, like standing up, it it turns like uh, horizontal. Yeah, it spins like a drill. Yeah, and drills with the sword into Gold Goyle. It's very cool, and I got pretty excited and thought that was awesome. And then they just decide that that d- didn't work, basically. Yeah, he completely <laughs> yeah. no sells it. Well, yeah, because like I said in the Sentai, there's there's like you can see the damage, and it's it's like, oh, is he dead? Because like you know, the, but no, in this one, there's no damage at all. He just laughs immediately after it happens, and it completely no sells it. <laughs> yeah, and he how quaint. Yeah, exactly. And then he just shoots him with more Dragon Ball Z fireballs. And, uh, we see the, the, um, the rescue Megazord just kind of went down. It wasn't really anything that spectacular. Well, it's self destructed. That's true. You see a bunch of fucking, like, battle damage holes in the, uh, the Turbo Megazord. Yeah, the Turbo Megazord gets its shit ruined. It has yeah. battle damage. It's sparking and electricity is arcing. There's fire. There's yeah. fires in the cockpits. Yeah. Um, like eventually the Rangers just have to bail. This is the the the, the only thing I, I think that Power Rangers has done that was more messed up towards the Zord is Zords is when the White Tiger Megazords like straight up arms get chopped off i think oh, yeah. and like you see it fall off and lay on the ground but this is still pretty pretty uh brutal they jump out of the cockpit as the head uh catches on fire and yeah then you just see a bunch of wires and and like debris and fire all over the ground it's it's pretty bad uh, it's, it's pretty cool the set they, they came up with for the American version because again like this doesn't happen in a Sentivus scene it's like yeah it's a, it, this is American footage yeah because speaking of they are then like well ter- TJ's like I got a great idea the turbo ram you know clearly as powerful as two big robots uh, should be just fine well the he, the crux of his plan is that it is small. Yes, and it'll that's be able true. to do something that they're going to need it to do in a second. I guess they kind so, of both 
both versions do kill exhaust by putting something in their mouths. I guess that's similar. <laughs> uh, Justin sets it to detonate on impact, quote unquote. Uh, and TJ's like, all right. So then he summons lightning cruiser in jet mode. And he basically loads it like a missile on top of jet uh, uh, lightning cruiser. And he, and he becomes Luke Skywalker. Yeah, pretty much. They Death Star this guy, and they shoot uh, the turbo ram into his mouth, uh, which explodes. So you're saying they shot it into an exhaust port? <laughs> right, his, right, his, ma- his mouth. That's where the exhaust nice. comes out. Yeah. Oh, right. Also, that's his name. I get it. Also, also that's it's how a Star Wars joke. Star. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a good joke. Good work. There's so I'm many glad, layers to I, it. I'm glad we it, explained every layer. It was such a good joke that I was too dumb to get it. Is what happened. Um. So, TJ lands and he's like, boy. I did it. Good thing no more bad things will happen this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, we lost most of our equipment, but at least at least the monster's dead, and there's literally nothing else that's going to happen be- on, a cu- on account of the villains. <laughs> Even the Lightning yep. Cruiser's a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, 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 the sentient car is like, boy, I sure am literally the only thing they got left. Huh? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, uh, what's the blue one? Storm Blaster or Th- something like Thunder? that? Nope, Storm Blaster, I think Storm- you're right. I feel like Storm Blaster's more nervous. I feel like that's the more expendable one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. true. Um, so they go, okay, well... We did it, but, like, we need to regroup to make sure nothing else bad happens. So they teleport back to the power chamber. Okay, so Elgar, (laughs) Rygog, and a bunch of Pranatrons are just walking through the desert. For absolutely no reason. Yeah, why why are they here? Where are they going? (laughs) They're playing Fallout New Vegas. They're role-playing Fallout New Vegas. What I did as a kid, where I would, like, go outside and play... As video game characters, when I got kicked out of the house from playing video games too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they, they see... Okay. They see the Power Rangers teleporting. And they go, five streaks of light? Five Rangers? Let's follow them. It's not like I we have, can see this from the space base ever. They see... Okay. <laughs> They then follow them at crest the uh, uh, crest a hill and are like, "Oh my god, it's the Power Rangers base!" I have a couple things to say about this. <laughs> you have seen them teleport before. You know how they teleport. You for sure know where this is. We know you know where this is because we've seen that they can spy on anything from anywhere, and they are like on fairly friendly terms with Zed and Rita, who have never had a problem knowing where the Power Rangers base is. <laughs> they also know who the Power Rangers' civilian identities are, so what the fuck does it matter? Kill them in their beds. Like, yes, this is so also, stupid. Well, here, and here's the thing. They... Divatox was so intimately familiar with Zordon's whole thing before she even showed up to Earth that she was able to broadcast a message through him 
through the anguished psychic messages of the fucking uh, Marco's wife right. to him into the viewing globe. Like she, like what? The, how? How is this new information? Uh, I know how. Uh, consider okay. Divatox is a messy bitch. That's true. She is. <laughs> she, oh, she, she knew where it was and then forgot. She <laughs> forgot. Yeah. I mean, she, she knew disaster. where it is, but she didn't. <laughs> she she isn't like. Oh my god, you found it. She's like. Oh yeah. Fuck. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, so that, that's why they're wandering around the desert. She's like, look. They're weak. We got their make swords. This would be a really good time to destroy the base. I don't remember where it is. Comb the desert. <laughs> I, I like to think that Rygog and Elgar are doing this on their own initiative. Yes, I like that too. They're just yeah. So so like like we said with ju- the Justin's ad scene, I think this is really well done. They 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 will they're gonna assault the power chamber, and I think that whole thing is cool. There's good stakes. Like, I, I think it's fun. It's just that, like, literally always the Power Rangers villains know who the Power Rangers are, where they live, and where the base is. That has never been in question. <laughs> it, it's just weird to me that all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, they just found it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it like, it, and this is something we've we've hammered on already, and we're going to hammer on it, like, again and again. There is so much about this two-parter that is great in a bottle, but makes no right. sense within the larger context of Turbo or Power Rangers as a whole. That said, what's just flat-out great is that we cut up to the moon, or, or sorry, to the space base, and we got Piranatrons in hats because we're having a party because we blew <laughs> up the hats. Megazords. Some of them are wearing, like, pirate uh, uh, eye patches and stuff. It's really good. And yeah, they're, like, carrying hats around hats. Yeah, it's Team Fortress 2. Exactly. And they're, we've got they're carrying around like party staffs with skulls on them and the skulls are wearing party hats. I just yes. noticed too that one character has a party hat on which then has like a paper skull and crossbones on top of that. Yes, it's like, great. attached. <laughs> There's also red and black balloons everywhere. There's little Oh my god, Porto has skulls. a tiny little top hat. <laughs> Port- Porto has a tiny little top hat. It's oh great. My god. Um, and, and, uh, Divatox has a big old goblet of smoking, I don't know, rum? Probably rum. She's a yeah, pirate. a lot of the Prototrons uh, do, too. It's some yeah. kind of weird acid space drink. Um, and, uh, she's like, yeah, we killed the, pa- uh, the Power Rangers, uh, monsters. Um. We, we, ki- we killed the Zords. We blew up the Zords. It's, it's great. This is the only Power the beginning. Rangers monsters. <laughs> the Zords, the Power Rangers monsters. Yeah, you know that's what I said. Uh, and, and now we can uh, can run them down because they don't got their Zords. And then she says, "Today the Megazords, tomorrow." And then Rygog walks in and says, "The Power Rangers chamber." And she's like, "What?" And they're like, "That's right, we found." Oh no, sorry, Elgar takes credit. He says, "I found it." And then Rygog knocks him out of the way and says, "I found it." And uh, Divatox is super excited. She says, are you sure? And Rygog says, yes. And the best part is the Rangers are inside. Yeah, um, There's some really good, uh, like, expressive suit acting from the Rygog person in the scene. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, Rygog does a lot of good stuff here because, because Rygog's got this, like, collar 
in front of his like face and uh Divatox like grabs onto it mm-hmm. when she's like, Are you sure? To to like, you know, make it more intense. And Rygog uh grabs her hand with his big hands and is like, Yup, they're inside. And then he does this fun thing with his hands, like uh I don't I don't really know how to describe it. He like he does it, like it's like stimming. jazz hands. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um it's hands. And flapping. then uh yeah. Yeah, he's flapping his hands. He's excited. And uh, uh, Divas is like, all right, everybody get ready. We're going. Uh, party's canceled. We're going to go blow him up. Party's canceled. We're uh, going to lop some Lord of the Rings. Yes, exactly. Um, th- we then cut down to the power chamber where uh, Div- uh, uh, not Divas Talks, uh, Demetria tells the rangers that planet Altar has fallen but they can't go help <laughs> like that is that is such a huge deal in the lore of the series and it just happens off screen it's just casually mentioned it's like oh yeah by the way uh zordon's home planet uh like one of the most important planets other than earth in the lore of the series perhaps the most important planet yeah it's fallen to the forces of evil while y'all were out having a fun time blowing up some robots can i say I kind of like that they're implying this huge world is going on just off screen that we're going to see a little bit of next season. Yeah, I think that's neat. It, it's a cool, like, foreshadowing of a bigger bad thing happening. It, But it is also crazy that it's just, like, kind of uh, not really that made that big of a deal. I didn't even um, notice it. It was said... When I was watching. Yep. I didn't. I didn't catch that part that El, that El, Eltar's fallen. They probably should have put a little more uh, a little more heat on it. Um, but it's a neat concept that like, hey, hey, there's you know you got to stop Divatox, but like there's this other really bad thing going on. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I guess I guess like because Mike was saying like it's not like built up enough, but you're saying it's good like foreshadowing for later and how it happened off screen. Even if it happened off screen and foreshadowing for later, if it could have more weight to it in True. the yeah. dialogue. It, it, it's it, it just kind of happens matter-of-factly. Also, speaking of something that happens kind of matter-of-factly, uh, although they give it a bit more weight, is that Demetrius like, hey, so I'm going to go try and help take care of this. Uh, the Blue Centurion's going to come with me, uh, you know, because we need an explanation for why he's not around next season. Uh, so we're <laughs> yeah, because he has to leave. Yeah, uh, so we're just, we're going to head to Eltar, and they're like, let us go with you, we need to fight. They're like, no, uh... Earth needs protecting. You just fucking stay here and uh, get murdered by an army of Piranatrons. Anyway, peace. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the, you, you could read it as them them ditching because like they got we got no more Megazords. What the fuck? <laughs> like, the, the, funniest, <laughs> the funniest yeah, part. Just like uh, you Rangers, we need you to stay here and protect the Earth. I want more of the Rangers to go with what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the funniest part to me is that she's like, um. Uh, they're like, when are you leaving? And she's like, now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> All right, <laughs> like, I'm about to head out. Yeah, exactly. That's y'all peace. Um, like, I, I, like we're not exaggerating by much, folks. She basically just says, I'm leaving. Blue Centurion's coming with me. And Blue Centurion's like, yeah, hi, guys. Sup? And then, uh, really brief aside, Justin gives <laughs> Blue Centurion his lucky coin from the fucking Wish yeah! Guy two-parter. That was wild. Why? And he, he gives him a hug, too. And, like, I, I, what I was thinking of here, I'm like, has Blue Centurion seen 
Justin unmorphed. Where he'd be like, huh, I didn't know you were a child. <laughs> That's kind of I'm... fucked up, Demetria. You shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> He's like 12. I didn't do it. Zordon did. <laughs> he left <laughs> me with it. <laughs> Actually, this is something that Cassidy mentioned off uh, off mic, and I think we should should talk about, which is that so we, we, you know, early on in the show, we talked about the whole fact that that this is much made fun of, but the Power Rangers are child soldiers. It's not really a big deal because it's a kid show and that's fine. But Justin being in actual peril in this episode, uh, as opposed to just kind of walking through trouble as he normally does, makes the child soldier thing way like bigger i think because mm. like you're looking at a 12 year old who is like in mortal peril as well, opposed yeah. to a 12 year old who's just beaten up monsters and, like, and like a, no another problem. thing that that grounds it to to that uh, but the, the juxtaposition between his his ranger self and his child self is he isn't in suit right now they're all in suits with their right. helmets off but he's tiny in the suit he, and yeah, like also i don't understand how that works by the way <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to do special effects of like his head on like an adult man i you know I what mean, a good call because i yeah. can imagine what that would look like <laughs> oh gosh oh Weird. so while while these goodbyes are happening we are intercut with a bunch of shots mm-hmm. of a bajillion piranatrons outside okay with- okay so something we've talked about more and more is like how like slightly bigger the budget seems to have gotten for this show with each passing season, how they have like more sets and more extras and the special effects get a little better, so on and so forth. Like, this shot, I'm so used to this show having a shoestring budget, my jaw fucking dropped, because I was like, holy shit, that is so many dudes, and that is so many bespoke Piranatron costumes that they had to make. Because they're mm-hmm. not doing like a green screen thing where they're like, you know, filming like ten guys and then copy-pasting them. Like, no, this is a bunch of costumes. I didn't really Just think for about this that. episode. But you... It, it stood out to me how many, just how many Piranatrons there were here. And, like, we've 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 talked before, but, like, we talked about, like, shots in, like, the O-Ranger movie when there were a bunch of cogs. And there's, like, a few dozen of them. And, like, yeah, sometimes we are legitimately impressed when there's a lot of mooks. But, like, this is, this is a lot of mooks. It's inter- an interesting thing to point out because in my head I was just, like... You know they they don't have to fight, so they're not all stuntmen. It's just they probably just got like people to to do this. That's not a big deal. But I didn't really think about the fact that like there's no reason other than this episode for them to have fifty Piranatron costumes. They probably yeah. had to make May- them for maybe this. maybe they had a lot of spares. And since this is the finale, they're like fuck it, let's use them all. If one of them breaks, who cares? We're done with them. Right. But like, still, this is a lot of costumes. Yeah, it's a bunch. And, and like, uh, and are we talking about the O Ranger movie? That was a movie. This is just an episode of Power Rangers yeah. on the American side. Mm-hmm. So like, it's even more impressive than the, the O Ranger stuff. But to me, to Cassidy's uh, Lord of the Rings cosplay point, they got flags for some reason. Like they're <laughs> in a war band. Half of them are wielding. They are uh, half <laughs> of them are wielding like eighties movie Thor Mjolnir's. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I didn't. I, that's true. That bunch Some of them got motorcycles. That's pretty cool. Has, has <laughs> Diva Tox's flag always been red oh. with the skull and crossbones on it? Has she had I, this flag before? I think so, but it definitely not like that prominent. In this one, there's a bunch of them. 
Um, also, uh, she she's marching around giving these uh, these troops uh, a pep talk for the upcoming battle, and she says "Viva la diva" like five times during this. That's very and, like, good. I, and she said it before, but not that many times. I think they wanted it to be a catchphrase, but they didn't have her say it enough for it to stick. Uh, yeah, I like it though. Every time she says I mean, it, it's, it's good. Fun. I wish she'd have said it more. <laughs> yeah. She's like a Britney um, Spears music video at the moment. And it's yes, very that is good. very true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Diva Tux is always extra. This is the most extra she's ever been. Yeah. Um, we cut back into the. It's This is a strange and pretty good juxtaposition because in the power chamber, Demetria is giving them a pep talk about how, like, they're the Power Rangers and they can always overcome any problem as long as they work together and, and raise their head high. And then outside, it's it's like, we're, they're going to die. <laughs> like it's, but, but also, it's not it, – it's weird because it's not like she's like, you can face this problem. They don't know this is happening. So it's just a gen- generic, like, y'all are great. Okay, goodbye. And then Power Rangers loves its pep talks of like, listen, Rangers, as long as you believe in yourself, you know, may the power protect you always. You can do anything. It's very weird to have that pep talk delivered before just abject failure from every angle. Yeah, exactly. Everything is about to go wrong. Before they are about to die. Yeah, pretty much. Um, So... At this point, we see uh, Demetria, or sorry, Diva talks outside, and she sees that Demetria and uh, Blue Centurion are leaving. Also worth noting, Demetria's energy, like teleportation energy, like a pale green. It is. Yes, it's like mm. a green yellowish. Uh, my question here was like, how does she know that's who that is? Yeah, that's a fair <laughs> Presumably, she recognizes her sister's teleportation energy. That's yeah, fine. Exactly. What about the Blue Centurion? How did she know that was him? It was it blue. That's a good blue question. Because it's just blue. It could have been Justin. You never know. It, it, it was, gave off know? cop radiation. <laughs> ah, I see. Cop mm-hmm. B- BCE, big cop energy. She's her cop vision. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Rygog had been asking her, like, when should we attack? And she's like, you want to know when we attack? Right now. And so everybody uh, rushes to attack. Uh, we see a bunch of them on motorcycles. This shot, like this shot specifically, it's like a fucking gladiator shot, except they're all in piranha outfits. Yeah. It's so many guys. It's kind of um, fantastic. It's cool. It's neat. Um, and they all charge up this hill. Uh, and then Alpha, Alpha goes, whoops. Oh, <laughs> we're, shit. We're, we're dead. <laughs> um. Yeah, and and says we've been discovered, uh, and so there's an again, aerial shot here, which again shows how many there are. Yeah, yeah. This straight up, this is like it shows a bunch of piranatrons climbing up a hill with some other piranatrons like waving a flag to encourage each other. It's like the beaches of Normandy kind of shot. It's wild. This it's also this little bit, especially given that they start climbing on cars next episode, really reminded me of Mad Max. Maybe it's just the desert yeah. landscape and the motorcycle. Really prominent shots of yeah. a bunch of piranatrons' butts as they're climbing up the cliff. <laughs> there <laughs> are some good butt shots. Some of well, them hammers. Also, I don't know if we'd mentioned mm, that. Yeah, well, yeah, so they, they do. What's wild about this 
is that in previous times when the command center has been like, you know, under assault, like there's been some kind of subterfuge or like a laser or some kind of force field or something or bombs or, or just something. With this, the threat is that like Piranatrons, like they're just mooks. They're just regular ass mooks. They run up to things and, and punch and kick them and, and dance around. But the threat is there's so many of them. And they're right. so relentless that, like, yeah, they could tear down a building with their bare hands if you give them enough time. Yeah. The, the, the other thing that we do have to point out, because it's that kind of show, is that this also does – there's supposed to be some kind of impenetrable force field around the command center – that you can only get through if you have a power coin slash really Zordon lets you. Uh, <laughs> Presumably that was destroyed when the like above power sent power chamber was destroyed because these uh, yeah. these ranges don't have power coins. That's true. That's a fair point. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Fair enough. Because um, they did rebuild the top part, but they never go in it, and it, I guess it makes sense that it, well, that, it that was... also kind of ties into like I, I mentioned earlier that the the having to self-destruct that Megazord feels unearned because there's been so many monster fights where they just, like, you know, fucking reverse the polarity or something, pull some solution out of their asses. Right. This destruction of the power chamber we're about to get also feels kind of unearned because it's happened before, and the last time it happened, Alpha 5 hit a button and it rewinded it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, but... I Again, within the episode, it's pretty well done. Uh, everyone's freaking out. Uh, Ashley's like, how did they find it, us? Uh, Justin is like, boy, that's a lot of piranatrons. Um, and TJ and makes T- the call. Yeah. Yep. TJ's like, we're not, we, we will, we will not last if we just hunker down in here. We have to go out there and fight them. Yeah. Yep. 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 He says, and we've got to get TJ him. fucking, he's a great Red Ranger. Yeah. I and like I'm him. I'm so lot. glad to see him continue to be the leader next season. Uh. <laughs> What? You know, what's what? What? What's that? What, what, what's that reaction for? Uh, well, why, why, don't would, worry why would about TJ it. not be the leader anymore? Uh, he Dick gets replaced from Man Island. <laughs> he gets replaced by a, a pretty white guy. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> um. Mm. But as you said, TJ's like, we got to go out there and stop him. Uh. And there's this good shot, and also, I often forget to mention music cues, but I think there's some pretty good, like, epic battle music of, like, oh shit, here it goes. It's not it's not rock, it's it's more like something you'd hear in a fantasy movie. Yeah. It's orchestral. Um, yeah, orchestral stuff. Yeah. And uh, they run out the door. And uh, as they're leaving, but- Alpha says, Rangers, be careful out there. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And I, and, like at the start of the episode, I nearly felt something. Yeah, almost. Yeah, exactly. And like, they I run could, out. It, I could see, like, if if I was, like, of the appropriate age to be watching this show, and I wasn't this, you know, fucking asshole on a podcast who's fucking cinema-sensing his way through watching this show and taking it apart piece by piece and overthinking every angle of it, I could see this be really being really really compelling. Actually, yeah, I I still think it's pretty good to be honest. It's just that we have all this baggage of knowing like 
this is you know there's all these problems with with what they're doing but whatever it's it's it works it works and the <laughs> shot of them running out at the end and it cutting to credits is is pretty good like especially like you said if you were a little kid you'd be like well but hold on wait <laughs> what happened and then um, I'm a little kid because I went ahead and watched the next episode after that. There you go. I did too. Uh, spoilers, it goes bad. <laughs> it goes very not, bad. I've not seen the next one yet. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah. It's going to be an interesting episode of Teenagers with Attitude because it's like mostly fighting. I'm sure we'll figure out stuff to talk about. I mean, about. this one this one was a mostly action and we had a lot of trouble That's true. describing it. Like and listen, this episode still was like pretty decently long because we found some other shit to talk about, but like yeah, it, yeah. this ep- this episode is a lot of action. Yeah, a lot of fights. Uh, and that's it. That is the episode. Um, there are some like outtakes. Uh some Yeah. TJ has some uh trouble with morphing. Yeah, you know, I I saw that outtake, and it's weird I never really thought about it, but they do all have to do this coordinated little, you know, dance. It's not, like, that complicated, but I'm sure they fucked it up a lot. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the second outtake a lot, too. Where he just, like, sticks his tongue out for some reason? <laughs> no, I guess it's the last one, but it's Balkan Skull's milkshake oh, yes. scene, a little bit extended, and I like when Skull just grabs Bulk's milkshake and then pours it onto his head, and he's like... Disarm the enemy, you fool! Yeah, before, <laughs> before he has, has time, time to reload. reload. Yeah, that's yeah, cute. <laughs> and Fulcher is looking at the camera and just laughing, and it's really funny. It's, it's cute. <laughs> it's funny. I like it. Maybe this yeah. show is good sometimes. I think it is. It is good sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a fun episode. I enjoy it. It's just you know, I, I do think literally most of my problems are just that I know stuff they've told me in other parts if i didn't know that stuff i think i would like it <laughs> so but yeah that's the episode um i don't really have any questions but if you have a question for us uh send it to us at teens with Tude on twitter teenagers with attitude is our facebook group or teens with Tude at gmail.com is our email address and we can answer them for you you can ask us about anything it doesn't have to be power rangers related but it can be about turbo it can be about in space whatever you want to ask us yeah. about and uh i have some see. questions yes okay you give me questions i put a tweet out uh before we started recording uh so fabby uh, heart pulse oh, emoji, yeah. bear emoji, <laughs> uh, sleepy bear girl at Fabi Gaza. Uh, oh, she uh, sounds cool. Yeah, she's, she's, I, I think she's very cool. Uh, explain the base <laughs> baseball event, Ruby Tuesday. Now, uh, Ruby Tuesday, you are aware <laughs> of the mythos of Jalen Hot Dog Fingers and, <laughs> and Mike Townsend, correct? Well, Ruby Tuesday I... took place in okay. season seven. Uh, games 32 okay. to 33, where multiple players were incinerated because of a combination of the naturally occurring deaths during the solar eclipses and the demonstration of um, Jalen Hot Dog Fingers' uh, like, unstable modification, which means uh-huh. uh, there is a chance whenever she hit a ball that she would hit someone and then they would like become unstable. Okay. Uh, which means that they have a higher chance of being incinerated by the umpires. Okay. Uh, so, the thing is, a bunch of people were incinerated. 
And all yeah, all in one day, huh? All in one day. Yeah. You know what makes me mad is that I actually knew like half of that already from Osmosis. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you very much, Cassidy. Uh, I appreciate it. I thought you were going to give me real questions. And I, got I mean, excited. I do have some real questions from okay. Damoon Rules at Damoon Rules, friend of the show, Eric, uh-huh. and editor of the show, Eric. Which yes. Power Rangers character would you like to add to Mortal Kombat 11? My answer is a Ferrator co- replacement called Skullbulk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. I mean, here's here's the thing about Power or uh, Mortal Kombat: very, very violent. So I would want it to mm. be somebody. I who... would add Zed. I was going to say yeah. Zed too. Zed's good. I Zed was already also... looks like a Mortal Kombat. He character. does. He does. Yes. And it'd be cool to see him rip a guy to shreds. It'd like, be a video game like that. It would be cool to see him <laughs> levitate the Zeo crystal to into someone's chest and have all their skin be flayed off as well. Yeah, yeah. he zedifies people. That'd be a good uh, fatality. I uh, I also would like Rito uh, because he's a skeleton man and that fits perfectly into uh, Mortal Kombat. Um, I think that'd be fun. Also, I he's got a jetpack and a flamethrower, which he used once in the show. But those are good things for a fighting game. Nice. There you go. Yeah, sounds uh, good. I'm also gonna put in a good word for Divatox because I think that she'd be a good like counterpart to Kano. You know, Divatox has kind of a Mortal Kombat aesthetic. Actually, like yeah. she's got. She's got a lot going on in terms of like uh like bits, which Mortal Kombat loves to just stick lots of bits on guys. And mm-hmm. I think she with with you know a little modification would work just fine in there, sure. I think we all know well oh Michael first, yeah. I was gonna say the thing is Power Rangers like uh like early nineties Sentai and nineties Power Rangers by extension has a very similar aesthetic to 90s Mortal Kombat. Yes, it does. Like, there is there is not a very large, like, degree of separation to between, like, Stryker being Mortal Kombat's idea of a cop and Blue Centurion being Power Rangers' idea of a cop. I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, they could do that instead of Robocop, which is prop... Have they already added him? Or, yeah, I, he's in there. Robocop's been there for a while. Yeah. yeah, so, like, Robocop versus Blue Centurion, that'd be sick. What's they the- just <laughs> added Rambo. Yeah. 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 I remember people were mad about Cassidy. that, I think. <laughs> Although, personally, I think Striker's more like the extra ranger from Time Force. But out of the ones we've seen. Oh, yeah. yes. He, he kind of I is. can see that, uh, yeah. So, so my other thing is, as you brought that up, uh, that, that there's not that much difference. Um, I've mentioned before that my trinity of, like, childhood franchises is all colored ninjas. It's... It's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mortal Kombat, and Power Rangers, which is yeah, just three nice. different franchises with color-coded ninjas. But um, specifically, uh, you could throw in uh, one of the ninja suit rangers, and that would just be a Mortal Kombat character. Like, that would... Yeah, uh, just fucking Ninja Adam, and then he does his move as he fucking grows giant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Emily, work. what were you going to say a moment ago? I think we all know which character they would probably add if they were going to do it, though, and that would be the Green Ranger, because yeah. J- uh, J- David Frank okay. would be so into it well, and happy. It would be, <laughs> oh, man. 
I could get to watch Tommy Oliver's intestines get ripped out. <laughs> These days, they'd probably add in Lord Dracon because he has yes. taken over the entirety oh, of the Tommy true. mantle. That's true. And Ugh. also, he's very well. Here's what I'll say: I think Lord Dracon's been overused in the comics, but he is like a very violent version of that character. So hmm. that would make sense if you he were would gonna, fit into Mortal Kombat. He's yeah. really into murder. Yeah, I think he the, loves the, murder. The, the, also, timelines. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I also feel like Hasbro would be more comfortable with the Green Ra- Ra- with, with Lord Dracon ripping people's like to shreds than the Green Ranger. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes go. a lot of sense. Good answer. Yeah. All right. Next question from Casey Cosmos at Casey Cos- Cosmos. Not related to TWA, but what's a Pokemon do you all really like? Sorry, I've been playing Pokemon oh, nice. Go a lot today, so that's all I have on the brain. Uh, I I love a cuddly Gengar. Gengar's good. Oh. Um, for me, I, I I mean, like I have a few favorite Pokemon, but like the the my favorite out of Sword and Shield is Alcremi. I love my little whipped cream girl. She's beautiful, and I love her. <laughs> nice. Uh yeah. I mean, I think I've I've before stated that my favorite Pokemon are the inanimate object ones. It's not the um, the chinchilla one. Well, I love, listen, I love my <laughs> chinchilla boy, Mincino. He's great. But, like, if you're, like, my favorite category of them is just, like, Clefki. Uh, Clefki. Yeah, it's just the ones where they just put a face on a the thing. The ice cream cone one. Because <laughs> it's very funny to me. And, though, none of them are that cuddly, I guess. Uh, Cabador could be cuddly. Stink, yeah, would, he would smell, <laughs> but probably be cuddly. That's fine. Um, Wait, so is that is the question? What's the cuddliest one? No, well, what's a Pokemon do you all really like? Oh, uh, we're just p- choosing cuddly ones because we like cuddly things, right? Uh, yeah, I was I just. Pro- I mean, this is on <laughs> brand, but Scorbunny. Yeah, Scorbunny's great. Scorbunny's yeah. good. Honestly, Alcremi's not like like she's adorable. But she'd be pretty messy to cuddly, because again, she, she is made out of whipped cream. <laughs> she's, she'd be sticky, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like, I mean, uh, the other category, I, li- I really like ghost Pokemon, like, w- which intersects with the, like, you know, you've got, like, your candle Pokemon and your uh, sword Pokemon, which are, are kind of both things. Yeah. Uh, but... Those are those are I think my two big groups I really like. I also um, have a big but... soft spot for Lapras and a lot of other ice types. Lapras yeah. is a really cool one. That's Cassie's favorite Pokemon. I it's think. the fucking best Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Um, yeah, uh, and then the other favorites I have is like Blaziken is a big fave for mine. I really love that Kung Fu Fire Chicken. It's just really cool. I remember like like uh, Ruby was my first Pokemon that I owned physically, so that was like. I really liked my. my oh, nice. Same. Cool. <laughs> my favorite starter is still probably Blastoise or Squirtle or Blastoise. I love. Good. I love being Blastoise. I like his big cannons. Uh, but yeah, I like lots of Pokemon. I think they there's a lot of good designs, and I also I think there's a whole bunch of really bad ones. But that happens when you have a thousand designs. So <laughs> most of my least favorites are like when they added evolutions to some of the Pokemon in the uh, fourth generation. Yeah. Oh no, I yeah. quite liked some of them. 
some of them are okay, but other ones I'm like, well, especially like the Rhyhorn one, I didn't the like. The Rhyhorn one mostly, was a bit of a departure. Mostly because I think the original stage of, uh, is that, is that, it's, is it Rhydon first? Rhydon, Rhyhorn, yeah. Rhyperia, yeah. Rhydon's the best design out of all of them. He's just a cool rhinoceros, and then they made it a weird thing, and I didn't like, and they made it weirder, so, yeah. Is right. it right horn right on? Yeah. Cool. It's a Cassie saying. Oh. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. No big deal. There you go. There's some cool Pokemon. You got any more for me? Nope. All right. Well, I like uh, that question. It's fun to talk about stuff. Thank you, Cassie. Like. Yeah. Casey. Um, Casey. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, so, with that said, Mike, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Loves Rabbit. And, uh, like, listen to Eidolon Playtest. Uh, Do it. We just did uh, Eidolon Pop episode 17. It was a big, epic, like, three-hour-long special thing we did. Uh, It's probably going to be out on the free feed by the time you hear this. We're really proud of it. Uh, Yeah, just just fucking listen to Eidolon Playtest, y'all. It's really good. We put, like, fucking blood, sweat, and tears into it, and we're really proud of it. All right. Uh, Emily, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at this is Emeralds and uh, me and Cassie stream uh, most every Thursday and Saturday on Verisimilitude Rituals on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash Verisimilitude Rituals. We didn't stream this week because I had a really rough week, but um, we'll probably do it again uh, this one and we'll see what we can do with my new job. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to yeah. try to stream Thursdays and Saturdays. All right, nice. and uh, Cassidy, is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, uh, I can be found on Strangers Fiction, on Audio Entropy, the network. Um, join our Discord. We sometimes have, like, get-togethers over there when play yeah. Jackbox games and Among Us and stuff. You can also find me uh, at What Is Cosplay. Uh, my avatar is currently a very cool artwork that my girlfriend commissioned of me as yeah. Tinkerbell for my birthday. It's very good. <laughs> uh, I bare my shoulders in that yes. particular artwork, and I've been <laughs> posting a couple of selfies lately, and I think it would be very good if you went and liked them and told me yeah. how uh, nice looking I am. There you go. Ladies and lesbos only, please. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, and for me, you can follow me at Chinchy McChilla on Twitter. And... Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Come back next week, and we have the finale of Turbo for you. Uh, and for Teenagers with Attitude, I've been Zach. I've been Mike. I've been Emily. I've been Cassidy. And may the power protect you always. All right. I'm going to just head off to Eltar while you all fight an army of Piranatrons. Okay, that sounds fair. Bye. Bye. Bye.